Hello again, and welcome to the Red Dwarf Introcast, where longtime fans and newbies alike gather to talk about Red Dwarf, the most awesomest show ever made that was called Red Dwarf. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about Season 11, Episode 2, <laughs> Sam Sarah. My name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. And our special guest this week. Hi, I'm Nick Jazz. And hi, I'm Tech. Woohoo! That's right, we have two for the price of one, which I guess is always the case because we're always free, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> glad to have you both on again. Glad to be here, guys. Yes, and I love when, we, when we're recording in three different countries. That's just the best. It's pretty awesome. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah. So, this week, uh, we are rocking uh, Season 11, Episode 2, Samsara, or Samsara, Um Unfortunately, it was not my guess uh, as for, from last week, which is that it was a shapeshifter uh, that went from a dude named Sam to a woman named Sarah, one of whom was evil in a Jekyll and Hydean uh, drama. But it was still a pretty darn cool episode, I thought. Yeah, you know that prediction's not that far off for Red Dwarf. <laughs> I, yeah, it enough. feels about right. So let's see. I guess we will get started. Uh, so to begin, they were playing a game called. Uh, Monopoly, um, which seemed a lot like, um, oh, what's the, uh, Catan, uh, Kit- Settlers of Catan, almost. Yeah. yeah, it was like somebody, uh, meshed Monopoly and Catan. Yeah. But it's weird, when you looked at the board, it had an intersecting path on it, kind of like a, uh, um, a trivial, trivial pursuit or yeah. a trouble board with, with a shape like a big X. And when you watch it with the subtitles on, it was Minopoly spelled with a Y. Oh, weird. Ah, yeah, so it's not even like mine, like a mining ship, which yeah. is what I thought the joke was going to be, that it was, you know, because yeah. like, they're part of the Jupiter Mining Corporation. No, no, but it was Minopoly with a Y, which was a like, weird huh. choice. Like so, the Jupiter Mining Corporation made their own brand yeah, of would. Monopoly. I thought that's where the joke was going, but I had no idea where they were going with it. Spelled with a Y. I think this joke was one of those things where it's like uh, throughout history, it it kind of got morphed and changed, like a game of telephone. Every oh, because we certainly don't play with that game. gag for the rest of the episode. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, love? Every board game became one board game. Yes. Exactly. Now all, all restaurants are Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. <laughs> 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 oh my. On a brief sidetrack, every video game in the Deus Ex series, there's one point in the game where if you find a bathroom and go into one of the stalls in the Deus Ex universe, for some reason in one of the bathrooms, there will be three seashells. Yes. Nice. nice. But then what do you do with the two Pac-Mans? Yeah. What do you do with the two Pac-Mans? We didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Shane, did we ever talk to you about that? No, you didn't. No, I am completely yeah. lost here. <laughs> when, when we were in the UK, we were a bit confounded by the showers because they had Pac-Mans on them. Little circles with notches made that looked like a Pac-Man mouth. And we were really confused as to uh, to what to do with that. I don't think it was at the B&B when we stayed near Shane. I think it's when we went to London. Yeah. Ah. And yeah, there was one knob that turned the water on and one knob that turned like the overall temperature yeah 
We were we were yeah very <laughs> very confused. So so when we met Claire Lafar, then we talked to her about that, and she said, "Oh, you don't know how to use the two Pac Mans." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. Uh, and so, those uh, are yes. if I may, um, oh, you always if, may. If if we spoke Sanskrit, uh, it would have spoiled the plot for this episode. Really. Because samsara is a Sanskrit word that means wandering or world with the connotation of cyclic circuit. I can't say these things change. Basically, uh, about rebirth, the cyclically of ugh, that word of all life, mm-hmm. matter, existence, basically karma. Oh, cool. Oh. It's about the karmic cycle, yeah. Well, it's a good thing that I flunked Sanskrit. <laughs> yes, I've never taken Sanskrit. <laughs> yeah. I've never taken Sanskrit. But you got an A in cuneiform. Well, yeah, of course. If, <laughs> of all of the define. ancient languages I could have studied, I, I chose to study those weird African ones with the clicks in them. Instead, I should have studied Sanskrit. <laughs> uh, uh, so let's see. Rimmer there, the Minotaur. Uh, let me just say that yes. this, uh, this episode was recorded fifth. Was awesome. it? Okay. Yeah. They seem to be much more in sync this episode compared to last episode. Last episode, yeah, I, was I wasn't like, laughing. They were on. Yeah. Last week's episode was recorded sixth. This episode was recorded fifth. Really? And, f- and for a while, this was, a, this was set to be the season opener. Hmm. It was huh. for it to be the season opener. Yeah, yeah it should have been. I mean, I, I liked the last episode <laughs> well enough, but I thought this one was much more on, but... Yeah, we'll, well, I guess we'll get to that. Last um, episode, I was afraid uh, after watching it. I was like, oh, gosh, I hope that they didn't just do one season too much. Like, I was really disappointed last week. So mm-hmm. this week, I was very happy. They were spot on. Yeah. They had the chemistry. I mean, a little lacking in plot, but the jokes are great. So what happened in this board game of Monopoly? Well, Rimmer, uh, or the Minotaur, <laughs> was having a run of bad luck. And I was curious about this. Um, so he kept on, he, he threw the uh, the two and the one, but then he talked about the odds of doing it twice in a row. Let's see, it was, first it was 18 to one, but then he keeps multiplying it. Was he falling prey to the gambler's fallacy here? Nope. I think so. Because it's still always the same chance every time you roll it. Well, no, See, it that's isn't. That, that, that's not what he was talking about. Okay. It's okay. So, so it's eighteen to one to roll a two and a one yeah. on two dice. That that's correct. Yes. But yes. to do it twice in a row, okay, is mm-hmm. not eighteen to one because that's doing it again. It's doing it twice consecutively and then three times consecutively. So you multiply each time by eighteen by eighteen by eighteen. And I get that, but but I think I felt like there was a problem because. Okay, the odds of that having happened after it happens, yes, are those odds, the 18 times, times, times. Yes. But after you do it the first time, then the odds of you rolling a 2 and a 1 the second time are still the original odds. It's still 18 to 1, but now it's 18 times 18 to do it twice. Yeah. Yeah. Because you still had had to get past that original gate, right? Because there's still, yeah. out of 18 times, there's only one of those opportunities where you're going to have the two and the one. Because mm-hmm. it's six It's six by six is 36. So you've got, you know, 
one in 30, sure. we got one in 36 chance of having any outcome come up on two dies. But because one in a two can show up twice, it's one in 18. So yeah. now I've got a one in 18 chance to get past the gate. Now I have to roll it again. So it's 18 times 18 to do it twice, times 18 to do it three times, times 18 to do it four, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I just felt like he was thinking that it would affect the individual roles. And I'm anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, that mm. one's always throwing me off. Mm. But uh, anyway, um, oh boy, did they have problems? Yes. Yes. So uh, they decided, they, they decided the prop department decided to buy a, pa- a pair of loaded dice. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought they were loaded. Mm. And like, I and, just thought they were loaded. Yeah. You know? And Doug thought to him, talked to himself, Doug Nader thought to himself, well, I'm not that stupid. They're not going to work. I'll buy myself. A, I'll buy myself a pair of loaded dice myself. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he got them from the same people that the original people got them from, the pop department. And um, never, they never worked. Uh. <laughs> nice. They didn't work at all. Because uh, uh, of course, this is a cl- this is a classic scene of Rimmer not being able to accept yes. the outcome. So he <laughs> rolls. He rolls the dice. He cannot. He cannot lose, and he cannot roll a two and a one, or he loses. So he rolls the dice and loses. Oh no, that didn't work. Rolls it again and loses. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, the, no, that that doesn't count. This has to happen. So he rolls it again and loses. Changes chairs. Has the other guy roll. Whatever. Every time, still loses. And we've but all he's, been he's there. such a good loser, though. <laughs> we've all been there to a point. You know, yeah. you're you're at the end of Elder Signs. Cthulhu's about to wake up. Everybody's about to die, and it's. Uh no, it went off the board. No, it did this, but but then of course they make the gag go longer and and extra rimmer like. Yeah, because I'm such a good loser. Storms <laughs> out, leaves the table and head dives into his bunk to sulk. Yes, at least he was wearing a fantastic bathrobe. Oh he yes, <laughs> like he's very stylish. Everyone is very stylish yes. this time around. And it was really good to see the old bunks again. And I love that they have worked to recreate the usual signs. Arnie yes. does it best. And the yeah. timetable. The timetable. We were is, we were uh, pointing that out, actually, on our second watch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, is, what does he call his timetable? The battle plan? Battle, or... Battlefield readiness. Yeah. That's yes. it. Yes. And then, of course, uh, Crichton has to show up with a bing bong. Bing bong. Sorry, sirs, but the bing bong machine is broken, <laughs> so working. we have to we have to rely on manual. Yes. Bing bong. Uh, we get our usual, of course, rumor complaining about how he's never been lucky, and Lister's always lucky, and so again, sort of a step back from, I guess, the the sense of peace that he had come to at the end of season ten there, but. That's okay, because we know we always have to reset to default eventually. Of course, mm-hmm. and and the whole, the gag of, no, because I'm stuck here with you, but because of this. Yes. No, but because I'm stuck here with you. <laughs> you, live a, you live a charmed life. Do I? I'm the last man alive, and I have to spend eternity with you. But yeah. I'm dead. You survived. Yes, uh, but you're still talking to me. But um, by this time, it's like, this is a this is an argument they've had so many times. They've just gotten really good at this argument. <laughs> yeah, and we all know what the ice cream was made of, don't we? No, no. Is it mashed uh, milk and sugar and nope. mashed potato. Oh, see, uh, that was well, right. Mashed, mashed potatoes. 
he looked like he was really enjoying it, like it was ice cream. So his, uh, one yeah. thing we did notice is, um, thanks to uh, Craig Charles continuing to act over the big break between the the earlier seasons and now the later seasons, uh, he and Chris Barry are more on a level playing field. Mm. And yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot. They're a lot more in sync. There's a lot that the chemistry is really good. And um, I noticed that last series, yeah, uh, first with with you know Red Dwarf X that yeah. you know Craig Charles being on Coronation Street and you know continuing to act and getting these like these dramatic roles, his acting has gotten so much better. Yeah. Chris Berry has always been funny. He's yeah. always been an amazing oh, yes. comedic actor. And now the two of them are like on a level field, and it makes the scenes where they interact with each other just that much better now. Yeah. Although it's and maybe this is the same thing. I, I found it a a little bit awkward in a way because Craig Charles, well, he he's older now, of course, mm-hmm. because you know t- linear progression of time and all that. And he's not Danny John Jules. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He's not a vampire like Danny John Jules. <laughs> um, but maybe it's yeah, he's his acting has matured some and everything, and so it's kind of weird to see him at this age playing the same sort of childish, goofy character that he was playing so many years ago. The same bum. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, almost, almost like the the uh, what uh, Rowan uh, Atkinson said about the mm-hmm. Mr. Bean thing. Mm-hmm. Why he doesn't like to do Mr. Bean so much anymore? It's because you know you see a young man doing this thing and it's it's comedy, but to see an old guy doing these things, it's like you're making fun of someone who has mental problems. <laughs> um, so not not to that degree, but it's I do yeah. find it somewhat eerie sometimes to find this more mature Craig Charles still acting like a layabout twenty year old with no direction. Mm. See, I basically deal with it by thinking of them as an old married couple. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, very much like, so. Well, and, and when, when uh, Lister's like, oh, here it comes, you're cursed, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> when he's repeating the dialogue. <laughs> and, but I and, am Lister. <laughs> and, and they are in sort of a, an arrested development. Mm-hmm. Like, they they talk to the same people all the time and even though they've done things that have matured them then they still have long 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 hours of doing nothing and they occasionally paint themselves blue <laughs> and, oh wait wrong wrong, wrong arrest of development wrong, wrong arrest and of and really it's it's like well what does he have to strive for to make to better himself so he learns Finding things. yeah that that's one <laughs> thing that drives me nuts but it's like, okay, so yeah, you learn things, you grow, but you're still stuck in a ship. You might as yeah. well just enjoy it and eat ice cream in your bunk. I wrote a Mashed song about I wrote a song about Christine Kachansky, but it was hard to rhyme. I had to use underpantsky twice. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Uh, then the plot happens, and they find the escape pod from the uh, Samsara, and... Uh, then we begin to get throughout the episode a really interesting split timeline. I like that uh, device. Just, yeah. I, this was my favorite right? part yeah. of the episode. I loved it. What do you think of the new science room? The new what now? Science, science room. room. It, it, oh, it was very shiny, wasn't it? It was very uh, like early two thousands Apple Store. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, they've got a genius bar. Yes. <laughs> Well, Crichton. Crichton is the genius yes. bar. Yeah, he is. May I offer you a warranty, sir? 
He's got, oh, a, he's got a head shaped like an early 2000s Mac product. Yeah, actually. He does. <laughs> just, just, oh, just can I get my Crichton and Bondi sirs. blue? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only have one button. Um, so, well, that's what that thing on the center of his chest is. It's the scroll wheel from an early <laughs> iPad. <laughs> it's his one button. Oh my! I Crichton. I Crichton. I Crichton. So let's see. We learn uh, a little bit about Barker and Green, and I love her so much. Is she, she was, from she something? Was really good. Is she from something? I, Yes, Shane, give us the full acting history of, of this lady. She's from uh, a I, famous show, because right? Because I, I know you've already no, looked it up. The only thing, actually, that you would know her from, actually, as I go to my other screen here, is actually uh, she was in one episode of Doctor Who. Which one? Uh, she was in... Um, as I, I go. <laughs> um, she was in Deep Breath. Okay, that's uh, the one where. Um, uh, very good question. I'm not, uh, the doctor together. runs around frantically and uses a solution <laughs> from his magic blue box to defeat the big bad. Wow. Okay, so I might uh, have I seen that, that one. Uh, uh, the newly regenerated doctor arrives in Victoria, London to find a dinosaur. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so this is recent. This was this is Capaldi then. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hmm. So okay, she's, so she's in that, and she's not in anything that you would know of. Huh. So the the other thing that I guess that I'm recognizing her from is I swear she could be my cousin Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> she looks a lot. Doesn't she look like Kelly? M. Okay, I'm just gonna call her. I'm gonna call her uh, cousin Kelly. Now. Cousin yeah. Kelly. Yeah. When they when they yes. get to the 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 list of grievances, the the list of things that her that Barker and Green have committed, so, <laughs> and you've lied to your superiors ninety four times. No, I haven't. Ninety five times. times. Yes. Uh, Classic. Oh, let's see. So we have them wandering around the ship. Looks very eerie. Um, they. Play the one-armed bandit there with money from the International Children's Orphans Wait, Fund. wait, before we get there, uh, the, intergalactic can we talk about the daisy chain? I'm sorry, I mean the game of Twitter? No, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, the yes. porn? Yeah. Right, so, so we, the... Yeah, when, when we first saw that, we assumed that there was going to be, um... Naked the, Now. The Naked Now, the Star Trek trope from... Right, yeah. right. Time. Yeah. Two episodes in a row we've had Star Trek references. Mm-hmm. We're in the ball glass. Any day now, Patrick Stewart's gonna sue. I know. Patrick, <laughs> we had, we had, had enough. We had the ball glass. We, now we've got the naked now. Yeah. He's 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 been waiting for for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get. I'd love for them to get Patrick Stewart on as a gelf. <gasps> oh, oh my god, that, that would be a... <gasps> just dressed exactly like Locutus, though. No, yeah, not a gelf, but yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, one of the oh, yes. uh, or whatever. What the heck are they yeah, called? the uh, replicants. Yeah, simulants. The simulants. Yeah. 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 Looking exactly like Locutus. Oh, that would be the best. Yes. He would probably do it too. I I think at this point, if something just sounds like a laugh, he'll do it because why not? He's yeah. probably got all the money he'll ever need, and he seems to be a joyful type of fellow. Shane, you are <laughs> wrong. I do know her from something other than Doctor Who. She was on an okay. episode of Call the Midwife. 
So I'm oh, sure I, I cried that. over her. I didn't realize you knew that. <laughs> nice. What was that a the crossover episode with uh, Sorry Vicar will not be going to Tottenham today? Oh yes, absolutely. Definitely. (laughs) I'm going to reference that once, at least once, every episode this season. It's going to become a thing. Darn it! It's going to happen. Right. So all of the so all of the skeletons on this on the uh, the SS Samsara that they find are all in um, compromising positions. Let's say yes. And. Yes. So they're very confused as to what's been happening. They find a one-armed bandit machine in the corner, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Cat plays by stealing coins out of the uh, the orphans uh, the orphans donation box. Mm-hmm. And after well, he is an orphan. Yeah. Uh, so so it's, so it's perfectly okay. He then wins. Yeah. He wins a few coins, which Lister then takes from the one-armed bandit machine and puts them back into Aww. the into the charity box. And then, oh, so something's dripping see. on me. Looks up to see what's dripping on him, and his dreadlocks get caught in the food reprocessor. Which is pretty fun. Yeah. I actually thought they were going to get rid of his dreadlocks for the whole episode or, or for, you know, a couple episodes. Me but... too. I was thinking, is this how they're going to get rid of the dreadlocks that don't really match yeah. his hair anymore? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just continually wear the wig forever. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will stop the dreadlocks. Nothing. Uh, so then, let's see. Uh, and cat got stabbed. Yes, cat gets stabbed. His boots. Of she does. Those are nice. <laughs> oh yeah, he would never. Yeah, he he's always looked has stylish shoes. Mm-hmm. Stop. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I love their discussion about wait, can't you see in the dark? <laughs> the evolution. Yes. Okay, this is part of the reason I love this episode, because so much of it is, like, these long give and take. Yes. Like, it almost feels like a bottle episode in some parts. And Mm -hmm. there there were so many times throughout this episode that I'm like, that's so Red Dwarf. And this conversation is so Red Dwarf. (laughs) Why would you give up being able to swing from trees? Never be late. <laughs> oh. So the, the conversation revolves. <laughs> the conversation revol- revolves around uh, them not being able to see in the dark, and then Cat saying, "Hold on, let my vision adjust." Oh, right, you're evolved from a cat. You have night vision. Well, I've adjusted. Well, what can you see? I can see that it's really dark. <laughs> yes. You mean you evolved away from night vision? Well, yeah, you're a monkey. You evolved out of swinging from trees. Why would you evolve away from night vision? Why would you evolve away from swinging from trees? You'd never be late for yes. work. <laughs> Oh. Though, in fairness to Lister, I suppose, the show, you know, that they had established Cat navigating space by his sense of smell before. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so to suppose that Cat has heightened senses beyond that of a human is not that much of a leap. Mm-hmm. But if, if Red Dwarf kept the lights on basically most of the time, why would he ever need night vision? Yeah, that's true. Well, but they were in, like... They were in, like, the holding cell with all of the food. I mean, I don't think it was particularly bright there. I don't know. Uh-huh. I've never seen it. Well, we did, and it was dark. Oh, yeah. Because they were hunting the uh, polymorph there, right? Oh, yeah. That's true. Which, again, I thought that this was going to be the polymorph episode mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah. And it wasn't. They're going to keep teasing us. I miss polymorph. Yeah. We, um... Yeah, I don't know. Uh... uh Nanny Tech, have y'all seen, um, have y'all watched the whole season or just no, this episode? No, just, just the first two. two. Okay. 
Okay, yeah, we uh, yeah we're, we're we're doing the same, of course. Uh, Angela and I, Shane has has watched it all, but don't yeah. reveal that we've watched everything. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, from the we are assuming, and of course we may well be wrong, but we're just assuming based on the fact that Lister is fighting a pineapple at some point in the opening credits that there is a polymorph or polymorph esque episode in our near future. Oh, but I can't wait. Yeah. Um, also, we haven't posted the last episode so you wouldn't know but i have a conspiracy theory that mm. the rimmer that no. got sent back in the last episode after he was uh taken hostage is not the same rimmer it it could very well be i yeah i could see that <laughs> i was thinking when they saw rimmer i'm like oh it's another rimmer well, maybe the one that they have isn't the right Rimmer and all this other stuff. And then it, it switched over, but I didn't think too hard about it. If we get Polymorph, if we get a Polymorph-esque episode, I could always hope and pray that we get a, an Ace episode <gasps> oh, again. Yeah. Cause, cause what yes. a, because what a guy. What a guy. Mm-hmm. I don't, as much as I love Ace, I felt like... We finished him? I Aced out. Yeah, I feel like in the later seasons, they were just doing the Ace episodes because people really liked Ace and not because they had interesting stories or ideas Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with it. Um, That said, I mean, yeah, I think that there is, I think, still room to make a really cool Ace episode, but I I don't want them to just use him as fan service. I'm I'm more excited to see uh, from the credits uh, when we get a Rimmer Barbershop Quartet. Yes. Yeah, is it going to be clones? Is it going to be... Yeah. So um, um, when we flash back to to the the crew, um, yes. did anyone think that the captain looked like a young Lister type, or was that just me? They vaguely favored baby. Yeah. If you, look, I thought he wasn't a very good actor. Me but. too. <laughs> if you <laughs> look at his IMDb profile, he looks even more like Lister. Yeah, but what is it about these these mining? corporations that you know it's all english crew or all british crews with american captains well he's not american he's a local boy well sure but he's he's putting on an american accent no no no. he's local to us oh okay he's he's from uh toronto north american yes and um uh apparently uh in 1982 he had a toyota tercel in high school and uh thanks to steve mckenna uh he blew out the reverse on it and he studied with Royce Gracie for Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, cool. JJ. This guy is like the most interesting guest star that they've ever had who's nobody. <laughs> yeah. Patrick McKenna. You mean the guy from the Red from the Red Green show? No. Steve McKenna. Okay. From the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh. Nope. From, from from The Great Escape. <laughs> <laughs> McQueen. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Okay, but yeah, um, Angela, I, I, I was kind of with you on that. I, f- I felt like his delivery was really, really stilted. Yeah, maybe we're oh, so a young Lister um, type. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You've been unkind twenty times, criticized others forty times. It just, yeah, it, uh, and again, maybe it was just that she, especially, I mean, the two of them, but especially uh, cousin, cousin Rachel, was it? <laughs> what are we calling her cousin? cousin kelly 
Kelly. Kelly sorry. Yeah. Yes, but especially cousin Kelly was uh, was just really really good. She was, she was really good. Yeah. yeah. She was so licking fantastic. whipped cream off of each other's. Okay, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> and having like a female character in that comedic slash romantic relationship mm-hmm. who's not super skinny yep. and mm-hmm. super like made up and everything. She was like a real person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was, I loved her. It was so refreshing. And I don't think we've ever seen anyone like her type on Red Dwarf before. No. If they're a romantic lead, they're, you know, a hotsy totsy, you know? Yeah, they they fit a certain mold of attractiveness. Mm-hmm. And their last name is Kachansky. Well, that too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Though they can be different actresses. Yeah. Yes. And then from that scene, we move into another great back and forth routine about that inventor that begins with R. Our committees. Our committees. <laughs> and yeah, another great classic uh, who's on first sort of, you know, Red Dwarfian uh, back and forth. I loved it. Okay. Education okay, system. okay. Let, me, let me stop you right there and say several things. Okay. Several things. Num- I said it for you. Number one. I I disliked it. I thought it went on way too long. Oh, and it, oh, and, it, and, okay. it, and for me, it dragged into episode down. Okay. And number two in the documentary, they go to a great lengths to say it's probably the best scene they've ever done in the thirty-year history of Red Dwarf. <laughs> okay. Of course, it's I the one you don't call like it either. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I was dying. I just when I thought I was done laughing, they'd add something else into it, and I'd just start crying. It was. I don't know if it's the best scene they've ever done, but this yeah. reminded me. Yeah. Their interaction in this reminded me of my favorite episode from last series, uh, Fathers and Sons. You didn't think ahead. You didn't think ahead. Where Cat is like stealing the one tank of nitrous that's left in the dentist office. See, but I need that nitrous. Well, you didn't think ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that I would I would say it was the best in thirty years at all. But no, I I, I liked it a lot though. I got a good, yeah. good chuckle out of it. It's weird, Shane. Um, you say this dragged the episode down for you. For me, this is what these two scenes, like these scenes of of Cat and Lister arguing while locked mm-hmm. in this in this um, in this mess bay. Um, these are what lift the episode up for me. These, these are what save it. Yeah. Oh. Everything else is just okay. So you're telling me that a ship that crashed has been underwater for three million years is somehow still habitable, still has power, and skeletons are still a thing. Karmic drive, karmic drive, sure. But after yeah. you know, after uh, um, you know, <laughs> look at ships like the Titanic. They've been underwater almost you know just a little over a hundred years, and they're almost unrecognizable. So um, yeah. So so Tech was just explaining how this kind of just made it for him. Uh, because there were so many plot holes that he had issues with, yeah. and I told him that that was had been accounted for. You know, uh, actually, yeah, it has been accounted for. But I, I okay. So the ship lasting three million years. Okay, maybe it was designed for space, and it was made of dolichanium, whatever. But there is something there because in Red Dwarf, after three million years, everybody had disintegrated into a fine white powder. The people on 
the escape pod had disintegrated into a fine white powder. Why well, no, were they this... they got vaporized as soon as they tried. To... As soon as they yes yeah right. okay but okay. and yeah, and they yeah. were the same thing with the, with the crew of the Red Dwarf uh, they weren't okay, it wasn't so it was over three radiation. million years it was when the drive plate fell off the radiation incinerated them into the final. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, I I I had just assumed that the, the radiation killed them and then they they dissolved. But okay. okay. Yeah. I can I can I can buy that then. It has been but to add credence to the idea that maybe this works because that had been accounted for. It's uh, <laughs> Crichton mentions it when they go into the drive room and they see, oh, it's a karmic drive. It's based on the Justice Field technology. So it's based on the technology from the oh. episode Justice where oh, things it were has accounted been accounted for. for. Yeah, this yes. is all connected. Wow. Rob is, is, is smarter than I gave nice. him credit for. <laughs> for, for Doug? Doug. Or, yeah, Doug. Doug whoever's exactly. doing it. Yes. Yeah. Rob's the traitor that yes. went on and did other stuff. Traitor. <laughs> Ooh. Instead of instead of making the same show for thirty years. <laughs> I was going to ask you think of them re, well reusing a old idea. We're watching <laughs> Red Dwarf, man. I think we're okay <laughs> with the idea of people reusing old ideas. We're we're watching Red Dwarf <laughs> in season eleven of a thirty year show. They're not above using hackneyed ideas if it suits their purpose. <laughs> There is a middle-aged man in an immaculate dressing gown with a holographic H on his forehead. I think we're okay. And looking fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. He is the second best dr- dressed uh, crewman. Could you guys? Oh, could you guys make out? We were squinting, trying to figure it out. What was the pattern on Cat's suit? I have no idea. I think it was just I mean, color swatches. It looked to me like like Atari Space Invaders almost. I mean, I had no. At one point, I thought no. it was sheep. At another point, I thought it was like nesting dolls. And then, as I was watching it on the iPad, I'm like, no, I think they're just random color shapes. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. going through his impressionist period. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Rimmer's going through his blue period. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Rimmer's always going through his blue period, and uh, Lister is still in his bum period. Yes. He will never get out of that. <laughs> so, karma drive or probability drive? Which one? So, do we want to be on the I'd, Samsara or the yeah. Heart of Gold? Heart yeah. of Gold. Hands down. Heart of Gold, definitely. <laughs> like, I'm a good person, but you flip that switch, you never know what's going to happen. And and mm-hmm. as they said, it all determines on whose morality. What I think is moral yeah. is not what other people yeah. think is moral. And and Rimmer is of course the first one to bring it up, like going deep with okay, whose morality is it? Um, and of course he would because he has his own morality. Yes, he doesn't consider himself immoral. He just has a very set morality of self-centeredness and arrogance. The um, and to carry on with that, the 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 heart of gold, the prob the the probability the improbability drive never killed anybody. It yeah. just turned you. No. It just turned you into a couch, or made you of yarn. It it didn't. Um, I, I'm um, sorry, but what about the pot of petunias and yeah. the whale? Oh no, yeah. no, no! Yeah. The, exactly. No, the, the probability drive didn't kill them. Gravity did. And and Arthur Dent, <laughs> the late Arthur Dent, and, and Arthur Dent, who continues to kill that one pot of petunias. Sure, but you know the way the whale was actually guy. really really happy. It's true. On his way down to the earth before he smashed into the ground. <laughs> Big round yes. thing. 
has a nice ground sound. Ground, I'll call it ground. Hello, oh, ground. I, I wonder if it would be friendly. But see, oh no, not but see yet. the. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the karma drive is all about programming people into supporting the system, supporting the corporation. Right, of whatever like the morality, morality becomes. Yes, yes, and that is dependent on the corporation. So they become little capitalist drones, and yeah, not not just the company store, but literally. Yes, yeah. yes, the company religion. And- and I'm I'm right there with cousin Kelly when she's like, oh yeah, all we have to live our lives all according to the morality of Megacorp, and and you know her sarcasm in showing how displeased she is with that. Yes. And of course, Green is just sitting there going, "Wait, what? There's a karma drive on here? Crap." <laughs> yeah, he was a bit dumb. She was the brains of the operation. Well, she was a computer <laughs> programmer, so. Yeah. <laughs> she was awesome. Yes, she was. I love her so much. So then yeah, they, I loved, they just I loved Rimmer's reaction but to finding out that, that it when they thought that it was a proper a properly uh we're operating drive. Yeah, that we, we're, we're in trouble. It was it was so funny because we're we're watching it and we're both saying exactly what Rimmer says right before he says it. Because you know that's what's coming. <laughs> And it's still funny. Yep. Uh, so let's see. Yeah, so, so the, yeah, the so gag here being that because it's a karmic drive that punishes good behavior and uh, punishes bad behavior, that they have to be nice to each other. And, of course, Rimmer mm-hmm. can't do this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but thankfully. I, I loved when, when they reunited with everybody there. And Crichton was, was punching Lister. <laughs> Crichton um, punch! Although, I, see, I, I wondered about this, because Crichton has always had so much trouble with the idea of harming humans or Lister, but is was it knowing that it was for the greater good that allowed him to do mm-hmm. it, or has he just sort of gotten yeah. over that? Like, I, th- I think it was the greater good. It was, this is the mission, I must carry out the mission. This is what's going to save my human, because... Really, that's all. Crichton is a big. Crichton is another cat, by the way, because, or maybe he's the dog, because all he cares about is saving the human. But he has, yeah. oh, he yes. has gotten a lot better at immoral behavior. I think it was yes. what a, a couple of seasons ago when he was learning to lie, and he was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. trying trying to call him a smeghead. He's like, smeg. Smeghead. Yeah. I feel like a few a few seasons ago he would have been like. Whining and crying as he was punching Lister. Yeah, <laughs> like, but now he was just like getting it done. It's like, yep. what is it? It's like this is an apple as he's holding a banana. That is an 18th yes. century Ukrainian orthodontist or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and towards they get the job done. Um, <laughs> all right. I thought it got a bit talky at the end. Mm, maybe just th- very heavy exposition. Why? Like, did they really have to explain every single thing about it? I've I've noticed that in these in the, so far this season, you know, in the in the two episodes yeah, I've watched, in the two episodes, it's exposition to set up the story, a little more exposition, and then at the end of the show, it's exposition to close up the story because they don't actually care about the plot; they just want to get to the jokes. Yeah, and so like the scene in the um the engine room where they're explaining the whole karma thing, 
that felt very talky to me also. And then at the end, it got very talky as well. Yeah. And it's just that those were just there so that the plot kind of made sense so that they had a reason to have all the jokes about Julie Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) Julie Caesar. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I assumed that they were going to be talking about... uh... John of Joan of Arc there, but yeah. Of course you did. Julius Caesar. Yeah. Greatest greatest soldier of her country. Led her people to victory. Yeah. Julie Caesar. Yeah. Ugh. I try to teach you things, oh, man, and you just don't listen. <laughs> Gotta love the cat education oh, system. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> so great. So let's see. At the end, there they find uh, Rimmer finds out that Lister was palming some cards because, of course, he was, and yes. they sort of end out on. Yeah, they kind of fizzle out yeah. just a little bit. Like I think they were trying to set up for a big, like thing. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't. Just I don't sort of... like this style of cold close. I, I like yeah. a, a you know a cold open can work sometimes, but when it just sort of ends mid-sentence like this i i don't know not my thing hey we ran out of time that's what it feels like yeah it almost it was like you know your your honeymooners like why i oughta just like yeah okay they've done it before oh sure i didn't like it then either yes wise guy eh? <laughs> but there were other parts where the editing was really good not really at the beginning or the end but those transitions yes to the flashback scenes yes. were fantastically done like very very smooth and uh the one thing i noticed from from this last episode and and this one here like when we see the samsara crash into the, the water in the last episode when we watched the starbug crash onto the planet we're back to practical effects yes we are we're yeah. back to models Woo! Yes, and I'll I'll be honest. I, I I always love when they do models. The uh, the Sam Sarah model, and maybe it was because they were trying to do the whole underwater filter thing. Usual red dwarf models are for me. It wasn't like I, I I felt like we were going to the land of make believe with Mister Rog- Rogers neighborhood there for a second. <laughs> uh, really? When I when I watched it crash into um, the, the crash into, yes. into the water, yes. I, I I had to rapidly search my mental database to wonder if they ripped this model off one of the Thunderbirds episodes because it looked <laughs> really familiar. The crash looked great, but I guess it was when they were underwater and in the um in the uh, whatever transport they were in uh, and going up to Samsara underwater. It just looked kind of model kit to me. I don't know. Well, you can't have the models look too good, or else it wouldn't be Red Dwarf. Yes. Well, that's true. Very true. All right. Well, we got through that fairly succinctly, I would say. Um, I just want to talk about the recording very, very briefly, if I may. I only want to say... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, It was the longest recording session of all the uh, Red Dwarfs, uh, season 11. Was it because they kept rolling the dice? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they had a fire on just before they started recording. Oh! So, so they put a fire on, and yeah, they had a few technical problems. Um, they didn't get all the pre-records done that they wanted to do before before the audience went in. Mm-hmm. So, um, so after after the recording. Craig Charles actually went up to one of the skeletons and actually said to the audience, 
oh, this poor bastard just wants to go and see an episode of Red Dwarf. Uh, <laughs> nice. So yes, we need to, to do some, some ratings. Uh, they're usually out of 10, but 10 what is, of course, up to you. So uh, Nutty and Tech, y'all are guests. Y'all get to go first. Tech, I'm going to let you go first. This was a hard one for me because, the, like I mentioned, the, the dialogue between Kat and Lister was so good that it helped prop up what I thought was a pretty flat episode other than that. I'm, I don't know. When I look at episodes like Polymorph 1 and 2 and Fathers and Sons and you know, what makes Red Dwarf really what it is, um, you know, it was propped up by some great dialogue by two of my favorite actors, but... I'm going to have to give this one a pretty low score. I'm going to have to say this is a 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10 rolls of loaded dice. Hmm. 6 out of 10, that's harsh. I'm I'm going to get... I really enjoyed this. I mean, it had... The jokes are spot on. There are a lot of reminders of, yes, this is Red Dwarf. And I enjoyed watching it both times. So I'm going to give this a... Uh, an 8 out of 10 chewed-up dreadlocks. Is that a chewed-up dreadlocks? <laughs> <laughs> Love? Uh, I'm going fairly high on this one. I really enjoyed it. I like the dialogue. I like the flashbacks. I like the f- female guest star, Cousin Kelly. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go uh, 9 out of 10 um, uh, knives to the boot. Shane, uh, me, um, the the this doing cat scene went on way too long uh, for me. If they had cut out maybe a minute, two minutes out of that scene and tacked it onto the end, so we can actually have a better ending, that would have been a great episode of Red Dwarf. But as it is in the show, I'm going to have to give it a six out of ten cans of whipped cream. Okay. And, uh, Nutty, what was yours again? 8 out of 10. Yes. Okay. Shoot up dreadlocks. Well, I, um, last week I rated uh, about 7.5 and, and because I liked it, but I thought there was room for improvement in general. Um, this one, yeah, I thought the improvement was there. I got some, some genuinely good belly laughs out of this one and, you know, occasionally had to pause it to laugh for a while before starting it up again, which is always, you know, nice. Yeah. Um, and it used a, Silly sci-fi trope to good effect there. The whole idea of the karma drive and whatnot. And I love when they do that. Um, so I'm going to go with eight and a half out of ten uh, stupid wizard pins. <laughs> and let's see. So that puts our average at 7.5 for this week. Yay. Yay. Um, all right. So we've done ratings now. So yeah, I think that brings us to quotes. Rosenthal. What did he invent? He invented the magic marker. Magic marker? No, I'm talking about real inventors. Real inventions, not some magic space pen. Why would you evolve away from being able to see in the dark? Come on, this is up for me. This is a back and forth. Now, why would you evolve away from swinging from tree to tree? Never be late for work. I mean, those, yeah, that whole conversation, both of those whole conversations would be fine. For quotes. Um, Love? Uh, this is wor- the worse than Fresher's Week at Art College. Yes, that was pretty good. <laughs> Shane? Uh, how can you fly a spaceship and at the exact same time all pay Twister? 
<laughs> uh, let's see. That's seems why they all died. <laughs> seems to me that we should do two things. One, scatter the ashes. <laughs> oh, wait, no. And two, find the ship. On to two, then. Yes. I misplaced the, the sneeze. Uh, on oh well. to two was yes. another one of those things that I was just my, holding my sides. I was laughing so yeah. hard. And it was such classic Red Dwarf. And as soon as he did it, I'm like, on to do. Yeah, it was, it was great uh, delivery there from, from Chris Berry, too. Yeah. On to two, then. Well, they were married, but not to each other. I find that hard to believe. Look, they were made for each other. <laughs> Looking at two piles of dust. <laughs> yes. He's actually called the sneeze, too. Like, early oh. in the scene, he was like, don't sneeze. Yeah, as soon, oh, as soon as Lister was staring at two piles of dust, I knew, yeah. of mm-hmm. course, they were going to sneeze. Yeah. Now, thankfully, though, after that happened, uh, Batman had his uh, DNA separator get the piles of dust like they should be yes. and, and rehydrated uh, <laughs> the numbers, so. Wait, fine. don't you mean Robin, who uses tweezers to change every yeah. single grade? Yes. <laughs> it wasn't a computer, it was Robin! <laughs> he did it. Oh. Um, only you and your conscience. Forever. <laughs> cat has no conscience, he's a cat. So all we have to do is be nice to each other. We're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> wait i have to genuinely be nice oh we're royally screwed <laughs> we're under no danger as long as we don't do anything vindictive selfish or unethical clutching we're in big trouble <laughs> shane has the actual words i'm just going yes. from memory here <laughs> let's see i threw a two and a one seven times in a row what are the odds of that about the same as being killed by a tangerine. That was the quote I was looking for. That's the oh. one. That's the one. I was like, what was the what was the odds? Of, what was the odds of that happening? About sixty-four million to one. About the same odds of being killed by a tangerine. And that's the one we skipped over for time. Yeah. Because we're like, it's not in this one. <laughs> Just lucky such for a... you, I'm such a good loser. <laughs> <laughs> it storms off to go pout. <laughs> oh. Extra marital fondling. oh my all right uh any more quotes then before we wrap up the The whole whole, show the whole episode the whole episode yeah sure yeah which i find it funny that uh, we're all loving all of these quotes and yet how many six out of tens were there two i it's still better than average. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to readjust my <laughs> scale here. There's, there's, there's more, there's more to the scale than the seven to nine range. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I'm probably guilty of great inflation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. I, for me, if I watch it a second time, and I still enjoy it, it's gonna have to be more than a seven. A mm-hmm. six is, you know, that's a C average, man. See, I'm, I'm still traumatized over giving an episode of three of ten and i'm still hearing about it (laughs) (laughs) was backwards so but maybe that's the thing her rating was backwards too yes (gasps) it all makes sense you gave it an e (laughs) E. oh nice all right well let's see before we go um did y'all want to promote all of the many things of which you are a part Oh, yeah, sure. You can uh, listen to the Nutty Bites 
podcast by going to nimlas.org. That's N-I-M-L-A-S dot org. We're as of this month, and this week it's the second episode is coming out. It is becoming a twice monthly podcast. Hooray! Thank you, patrons. Thanks the to what? the patrons. Yes, uh, we have reached our first patron goal. Uh, so for five years, Nutty Bites has been a once monthly podcast. And thanks to people saying we want more and putting their money where their mouth is, uh, we have reached our first goal and we're putting out two episodes a month. And, uh, patrons, if you get in before, uh, the end of the year or before we actually do it, we're going to be doing an episode just for patrons. It's Nutty Bites After Dark, where tech is hosting. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, when will uh, there be smooth jazz? <laughs> will there be smooth da- jazz tech? Uh, smooth jazz, if, if by that you mean copious amounts of alcohol, then yes, yes, of course there will be. <laughs> oh, nice. Cool. And oh, you right. can learn, you can learn about all of my attempts to learn Aikido and my attempts to try to understand the higher philosophy of a martial art through blistering wrist pain and, um, <laughs> aborted aerodynamics at upsidedownandflying.tumblr.com. Awesome. Oh, and I guess I never said what, in case there's any new listeners, uh, Nutty Bites, we talk about geeks and stuff. So imagine going to a panel at a convention. That's what you get, only it's good audio. <laughs> awesome. All right. And then, as we said last week, uh, you know, we are really, really dedicated this season to focusing on <laughs> Red Dwarf. Uh, and leaving real-world politics out of it, because real-world politics are hella depressing right now for us. But if you want some real-world politics... Yes. But if you do want some real-world politics, then, Shane, where can they find that? Uh, you can find that on uh, on my podcast, which uh, which is called... Oh, I completely forgot my podcast is called. Oh, no! It completely... completely uh, uh, but you completely confuse me. Uh, but while while I'm trying to remember what that's called, I will actually give you the ratings uh, for this episode. And the um, the ratings, no, the TV no, I, ratings. I, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> the TV ratings were uh, seven hundred forty-two thousand, down from eight hundred ten thousand last week. Well, I guess being the second episode, it wouldn't be quite as big a. As as big a trumpet to blow as the the grand return. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Cool beans. And you and my uh, and my podcast is called Life in the Post Factual World. There we go. Okay, Life in the Post Factual World. Yes. So that well, that's where the politics lives. Red Dwarf lives here. Yeah. Well, well, we went three hours last time around. Thank you for that warning. That's very, very good. No, I'm kidding. Okay. All right, guys. Well, uh, so, Shane, uh, what episode might we be reviewing next week? Uh, you're reviewing Give and Take. Give and Take. Mm. So, we have to come up with what that's going to be, huh? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm trying not to let the opening credits... Uh, uh, they find the second Rimmer, and they have to do another hostage exchange, but they have to figure <laughs> out which Rimmer is which, and yeah. Hmm. 
I'm yeah, thinking it like- it's a it's a classic episode of Red Dwarf where every time they get ahead, they lose it. So anytime something good happens, something disastrous happens. Yeah, we're just bringing pretty much kind of what was this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm thinking that yeah, there has to be giving and taking from each other. So I don't know what they're giving and taking though, because I don't know. Hmm. Uh, gambling, like they're playing Maybe, a long but, game, but not for money. It won't be just money. It's going to be oh. some sci-fi trope. So. Uh, maybe they're taking like traits from each other or something. Ooh. So like, yeah, like Lister's gonna end up with cr- a Crichton arm, and Rimmer's gonna end up with Cat's feet, and Cat's gonna be upset. And... No, th- see, I was thinking personality traits. Yeah, oh, like, that too. What, like, like, like polymorph? Yeah, yeah, like a polymorph. <gasps> yeah. Polymorph but... comes, sucks something out of one person. And deposits it in the other person. There we go. I like so Wimmer's that... arrogance goes into yes. Lister or whatever. I think we have have sussed this one out. Yeah, yes. I like this. This we are sounds the, right. We are the council for the liberation of terrifying organisms and their reintegration into society. The problem there with that go. is our acronym is clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, until next time, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.